Welcome to New Destiny Christian Center's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor David Verdecchio. If you'd like to find more information about our ministry, please visit us online at www.NewDestinyChristianCenter.com. And the restoration of Israel uh, in Ezekiel is covered in chapters number 33 through 48. Okay, 33 through 48 is where it's covered. And what you see is God came, He judged them, He said He raised up a prophet. God always raises up a prophet. Always. He raises up a prophet, He came in, He said, you're not doing right. He scattered them, a third of them died, a third of them, and, and He scattered them. And then He said, now we're going to bring a restoration. And when He brings the restoration... Okay, the first thing he did in chapter number 33 is he began to appoint Ezekiel as a watchman. He said, Ezekiel, you're going to be the one that's going to watch it and you're going to bring the messages that have to be brought. See, I believe that in this season that we're in, there is a discipline that's coming to the body of Christ. Okay, there's a discipline that's coming to the body of Christ because God says, I don't like what I see. We need to adjust some things. He brings a prophet in. And when you look, and, and you'll have to look these up on yourself, but in chapter 34, 1 through 10, he talks about false prophets, false shepherds. See, God deals with false shepherds. We don't have to. But God takes care of it. Why? Because false shepherds lead the sheep to the wrong path. And then he talks about it in, in the same chapter, and he begins to talk about the true shepherd, and then he begins to prophesy. So God takes and he brings in, and he wants to restore Israel, and the way he does it is always through prophets, through prophesying, through gathering together, through saying this is the way that it's supposed to be. Are you, are you following the timeline here? Right? And so... What happened in, in verse number, uh, chapter number 37, 1 through 28, it begins to talk about the uh, rebirth of Israel. And that's where you find the, the scripture that everybody knows in Ezekiel, the dry bones. Okay, most people don't study Ezekiel and what it was and who he was speaking to, but when, when Ezekiel came to the valley of dry bones, what he was coming to, what God was saying is, Israel is dead. And I need an army. And he was saying, he was speaking prophetically to those dry bones. He said, speak to the dry bones, come to life. And they begin to clatter and they come together and then they begin to have skin and a, an army begin to come up. See, I believe God's goal for the church of Jesus Christ is there's a season right now where there's some Ezekiels that are speaking to dry bones and saying, come together, dry bones. Let skin begin to come upon you. Let muscle begin to come upon you. Let you begin to gather together to become an army that can take the gospel to the outer reaches of the world that the gospel is preached, but it's a true gospel. See, some people will tell you, well, you know, I mean, I actually heard a guy crack me up. And, and you're hearing this in Christianity today. They'll tell you, and I'm going to give you some false doctrine that you're hearing right here. They're saying, well, you know, the number one goal of the church is taking care of people. 
And if you're going to take care of people, you have to make sure they're healthy. And so we're going to fast worship. False doctrine. False doctrine. Okay, we were created to worship God first. First. That's, that's number one. Okay, and so when they begin to come in and say words that sound good, it tickles people's ears. We're going to fast worship. You can't fast worship. God will call stones and begin to cry out. Okay, so you, you, you've got to begin to recognize what God is saying. He's Lord in the midst of any devastation, any trial, anything that's happening, any, any virus that's trying to take over, everything else. God wants to be worshipped because He is God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And the next thing God did is He began to work in chapter number 40 and renew the temple. In other words, He began to put the church back together. First He starts with the people and then He begins to bring the church back together. And He begins to talk about the, the measuring rod. Now what's a measuring rod? Right? He had a vision of a man with a measuring rod. What's a measuring rod? It's a standard. A measuring rod is a standard. Right? When, 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 when I begin to, I thought I dropped something, I'm sorry. When I begin to get into to construction and do the different things I did, was one of the first things they teach you is how to read a tape measure, how to read a ruler. And there's one thing about a ruler that's really important. It doesn't lie. If you're supposed to make something 16 and one quarter inches long, when you measure it, it's either right or it's wrong. There's no in between. So when it talks about a measuring rod, there's a standard that is there and you either meet it or you don't. The Bible talks about a plumb bob. A plumb bob, if you take and you attach a plumb bob all the way up to that ceiling, 40 foot up in the air, and you run that plumb bob, which is just a weight with a point at the end of that string, and you put that right down here at the bottom and keep it just barely off the floor. When you get it to stop moving around, that point is exactly plumb from wherever it's attached above. It can't be off, it can't be different, there's no way for it to be anything but exactly plumb. That line will be absolutely straight. It's a measure. It's a standard. God brings standards. Standards aren't bad and they're not wrong. When you live within the standards, there is a peace that comes. When you try and change the standards that's so popular today, there becomes a dis discomfort and uneasiness. You're trying to say, no, that's not plumb anymore. I want to read over here. But the problem is it doesn't. Are, are you following me? Okay. And then I talked about how when Israel begin to be judged and Judah begin to be judged in the temple, the temple has always been the presence of God, that his presence dwelt between the cherubim. And when God begin to judge Israel and begin to judge Judah, it talked about his presence leaving the temple. He was no longer there. Now the temple was there, the, the, the utensils were there, all the stuff was there. The problem was God wasn't there. See, you can have church without God being there. You can call it church. It can sound like church. It can look like church. 
It can be what people say church is, but if God's presence isn't there, then it's useless. It's just a gathering together. You might as well get together and have chicken. And so his presence left. But after God did all those things and the dry bones and the valley of dry bones, all that stuff, when he brought them back together in Ezekiel 43, verses 4 and 5, the Bible says, And the glory of the Lord came into the temple by way of the gate, which faces towards the east. The Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. God's goal is always to come back. That even as the church of Jesus Christ is struggling today, God's goal is to bring His presence back into the church. All of this stuff that talks about the lights and the smoke and all this stuff, God wants His glory in the church. And where God's glory is, God's power is. And where God's power is, lives begin to change. And as the church, we have to be ready for God's glory as it enters in to bring change to our lives and to those that are around us. Amen. I always say, if people come to church and they don't get changed, then there's something wrong with the church. God wants to bring a straightness. See, God's the God of the second chance. God's the God of the second chance. And the third chance, and the fourth chance, and the fifth chance. That's the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now last week in the second service anyway, I talked about Peter. I talked about him a little bit in the first service, but I talked about Peter, you know. And so here's Peter's life, and he's always been an inspiration to me. Peter denies Jesus. And when he did, it says that on the, on the third time he denied Jesus, and Jesus lifted his eyes and looked at him. And Peter was brokenhearted. Right? The rooster crowed. Peter was brokenhearted. It says he left and he wept bitterly. Now here's the thing that stands out. Peter never had a chance to make it right with Jesus. Right away. He was able to later. We'll get into that. But at this point, he just walked away. And the next thing you know, Jesus is being crucified. And in Peter's mind, it's all over and I never could make it right. And Peter's response in John 21, 2 and 3. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, who's the sons of Zebedee? Who are they? I can't hear you all in mass on. James and John, right? The sons of Zebedee, the two others of his disciples were together. Now here's, here's what I want to point out. When you get saved and things begin to happen in your life, you begin to come into the family of God. And even when everything happens and earthquakes come and shatter and cause people to... There's something about the people of God, they still want to get together. So they're all in this place where they don't know what in the world's going on. They don't know what's happening. They're upset because Jesus has been buried and it's over. They're, 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 there's all the turmoil that's there, and yet they're all together. See, it's important to stay together. But Peter's response in verse number 3 says, And Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. Now, fishing's a good time. I like fishing. I'm not a fisherman. Peter was a fisherman. So what he was saying is, I'm going back to work. I spent all this time following Jesus. But you know what? He's not here to take care of us anymore, so I'm just going to go back to what I know. 
And they said to him, we're going to go with you. And they went out and immediately got in the boat, and that night they caught nothing. See, what he was really saying is, I'm going to go out and make some money. I'm going to go out. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to provide. Bless God, if the whole church thing doesn't work out, i got a backup plan. Now, I've seen a lot of people over the years, and it always kind of works out this way. Now, there's three things that I want to look about about Peter in order for him to get in back to where God wanted him. The first one is God wants to bring reconciliation. See, Jesus knew that Peter had the call of God on him and he needed to bring reconciliation, which means the restoration of friends and friendly relations. In other words, Jesus understood that I need to reconcile my relationship, that Peter needs to reconcile my relationship with him. See, when we fall, and all of us have seasons that are difficult, we may not backslide out outright, we may not, but there's always those seasons where our hearts become difficult and God's goal is to bring reconciliation. So how did he do it? John 21, verses 9 and 10. It says, Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. So they went out fishing and they caught nothing. When Jesus called Peter, he was mending his nets because he had spent all night fishing and caught nothing. God will use familiar things to pull you back. He'll use familiar things to pull you back. And Jesus, they didn't recognize who it was at first. He's on the shore and he yells out to them, Hey guys, you caught anything? I can picture the smile on his face. And they said no. And he said, okay, throw the net to the other side. And immediately they went, that's Jesus. Threw the net to the other side, caught the fish. He used what was familiar to pull him back into reconciliation, back into relationship. Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor David Verdecchio of New Destiny Christian Center. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com.